0: Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, which is our 250th episode, we are speaking with Dr. Phil Bushby. I'm so excited for this show today. I can't tell you how excited I am. Dr. Bushby is a 1972 graduate of the University of Illinois CVM. He is a board-certified surgeon who has served on the faculty at Mississippi State University CVM for 40 years. His focus has been spay-neuter, taking junior and senior veterinary students to animal shelters to provide basic wellness care and spay-neuter services for over 20 years. He was a member of the organizing committee for the Shelter Medicine Specialty Board and received the ASPCA's Henry Berg Award in 2008, the AVMA's Animal Welfare Award in 2012, and the Association of Shelter Veterinarians' Meritorious Service Award in 2015. He currently holds the Marsha Lane Endowed Chair of Humane Ethics and Animal Welfare at Mississippi State University. Dr. Bushby, I'd like to welcome you to the show.
1: Well, thanks. It's great to be here today.
0: So I just, I'm just tickled that you're willing to be on the show. Spend some time with us today on our 250th episode. As I was saying earlier, when we were chatting, we get all excited when we hit milestones of spaying and neutering 1,000 cats, 10,000 cats, 50,000 cats, and I get all excited at 250 shows. But thank you again for being here. And I'm wondering if you could just share with our listeners how you got started and interested in becoming a veterinarian and then interested in animal welfare.
1: How I got interested in veterinary medicine is a a really interesting story. I grew up in New Hampshire, and my dad was a distributor for a Spiegel catalog selling, believe it or not, in the 60s or 50s, I guess, 50s, Dalmatian puppies through the Spiegel catalog. And as a young kid, if he had a puppy that was not doing well, My dad would give it to me and I would set alarm clocks and I would get up every two hours and bottle feed and do all the nursing care. I knew not, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just providing nursing care. And if the puppy survived, when the puppy was sold, uh, I would get half of the sale price. He sold them for $25, purebred Dalmatian puppies. And that planted a seed in my mind and I can't remember a time when I didn't want to be a veterinarian. I mean, it's been forever. So then fast forward to I go to veterinary school and when I graduated veterinary school, I had fallen in love with veterinary surgery and was determined that I would go the board certification and surgery route. And of course, that meant internship and residency And I did an internship at the Henry Berg Memorial Animal Hospital in New York City, the animal hospital of the ASPCA in New York City. And at that time, this is early 70s, the ASPCA was animal control for all five boroughs of New York City. And in the year of of my internship, and I probably don't have the number exactly right, uh, but in the year of my internship, they euthanized over 130,000 dogs and cats. That number has never left me. Just one, one organization, one city, that many animals. I went on and pursued my board certification in surgery, and I was in private practice for a while, and then came to Mississippi State in 1978 as a referral-level surgeon. But the draw to animal welfare and the draw to more basic care, spay-neuter, was always there. And so in the 90s, I started taking students to local shelters, and that's grown into now a very major program. We deal with 25 different shelters across North Mississippi. We have two mobile units where we take students to shelters to do spay and neuters. The days of referral level surgery are way in my past. I gave that up in the 90s and I've focused on spay neuter and animal welfare ever since.
0: So tell us a little bit more about the the program that you have with the students. The program started in 2007 and the students what do the students specifically do when they're riding around in the vehicle?
1: Our program started actually in the early 90s, but it exploded in 2007 when we got our first mobile unit. We generally go out in a team of five or six, and it's generally one veterinarian, one technician, and three students, maybe add a resident or an intern into that mix. And we visit one shelter a day. Each mobile unit visits one shelter a day. The shelter's pick the animals that they wish for us to spay and neuter. They pick the animals that they wish for us to examine. And we'll pull in, depending on where the shelter is, anywhere between like 8.30 in the morning to 9.30 in the morning. Uh, One of our mobile units has two surgery tables in it. The other one has three. The vast majority of the surgeries are done by students under faculty or resident supervision. Uh, So it's been a tremendous learning experience for the students. Our students graduate having done, if they do no other spay-neuter surgeries except in our program, Uh, they'll graduate having done between 75 and 85 spay-neuter surgeries. And of course, our program is two weeks out of their four-week four-year education. So they've probably done additional ones outside of our program. It gives them a tremendous comfort level with spay-neuter surgery, including pediatric spay-neuter, but it also gives them an understanding of the issues that shelters face, the issues of pet overpopulation, the issues of how does a shelter deal with community cats, all of those questions that I knew nothing about when I graduated from veterinary school. Our students are exposed to through this program.
0: So I'm going to try and see if I can take some of the thought process here. You you come from a teaching environment, teaching future veterinarians about what it's like with cat and dog overpopulation, what shelters are faced with, giving them experience. But yet then you have become a very strong advocate of a program called Feline Fixed by Five, which focuses on private veterinarians. So my assumption is these students, many of them are going to go into private practice and you want them to bring something with them to private practice, which would be Feline Fixed by Five?
1: Well, yes. I mean, I want them to bring a couple things. One is the skills to do efficient spay neuter and not just historically, the veterinary profession has said, wait until an animal is six months of age or older before you spay or neuter it. And there's, in dogs, there is some controversy about pediatric spay-neuter, some of the literature that questions incidents of orthopedic conditions or certain cancers in larger breed dogs. There is no such controversy. controversy in cats. In cats, I think the critical factor that people need to recognize, the public and the practicing veterinarians, is that cats can come into heat and get pregnant between four and five months of age. So if a standard is wait until they're six months or older to sterilize them, you're going to have all sorts of unintended litters, most of which end up in animal shelters And those of us that work with or in animal shelters talk about kitten season. And it's as the days start getting warmer and the the daylight lasts longer, shelters are flooded with newborn kittens. And by simply moving the date, the age at which practicing veterinarians routinely spay and neuter cats from six months to between four and five months, we could prevent all of those unintended litters of kittens. So I want our students to recognize that. I want I want to go beyond our students. I want the veterinary profession to recognize that because we really could end cat overpopulation uh, with if everyone got on the bandwagon of sterilizing cats before they're five months of age. And then I guess the other component of of that would be if everyone was supportive of trap-neuter return programs for community cats, I literally think we could... I long for the day when I can walk into a shelter and not find any cats in the shelter.
0: It's achievable. It is. It's
1: happening in New England right now. If we can change a mindset... That mindset being, oh, we've got to wait until they're sexually mature before we sterilize them.
0: I'm a layperson, so I've not been around many surgeries. Is there a dramatic difference between spaying or neutering a six-month-old cat versus a four-month-old cat?
1: Six-month-old to 4 months, not dramatic. I mean, the four-month-old cat is going to be smaller, is going to have less fat, The surgeries are going to be a little bit easier. The surgeries are going to be a little bit quicker. The cats are going to recover a little bit faster. It's not huge. I mean, if you want to see a really big difference, compare spay-neuter in an eight-week-old versus a six- to seven-month-old, and the differences really become big. But from the standpoint of the adjustments that a surgeon has to make to go from Routinely spaying and neutering cats at six months of age to doing it at four months of age, virtually no adjustments. The surgeries will be a little bit easier and a little bit faster, and they'll recover faster, but everything else is pretty much the same.
0: Celebrating the welfare of all cats. The International Cat Association is the world's largest genetic registry of pedigreed cats and the number one registry for non-pedigreed cats and kittens, known as household pets. Whether you adopt or shop, the International Cat Association is the one-stop shop for all cat lovers. The International Cat Association is more than 6,000 members in 104 different countries who all speak the language of cat lover by helping make an impact on the health and welfare of all cats. Members serve to educate and foster responsible spay-neuter awareness in local communities and are active volunteers at local animal shelters and outreach programs for schools and or senior and disabled citizens. The International Cat Association members also take active roles in numerous citizen advisory groups to foster responsible legislation regarding the health and welfare of cats. To learn more about the International Cat Association, go to www.tica.org. Do you struggle with self-care and taking time for yourself? Recharge and reconnect with your passion at the Rescue Me Retreat, a four-day, three-night getaway for animal caregivers, volunteers, and activists that focuses on managing compassion fatigue and burnout. During the retreat, you'll be surrounded by a small group of people that share your passion for helping animals. You'll be given a safe space to talk about some of the struggles that are inherent in animal welfare work, plus the opportunity to slow down, Relax and have fun. The Rescue Me Retreat will be held from June 29th through July 2nd on beautiful Lake Michigan and includes healthy meals, nature hikes, massage, group activities, and discussions, one-on-one sessions with Compassion Fatigue Therapist Jennifer Blau, access to the beach and water activities, yoga, and more. Learn more at the com slash rescue dash me dash retreat And get $100 off if you register before April 1st. You spend so much time taking care of others. You deserve this. So in the thought process, I'm trying to think like a private veterinarian here. Somebody has a kitten. They bring the kitten in for their first visit. They get the distemper vaccine. If they are old enough per the state's guidelines, they would get a baby's vaccination pre-check, and then a surgery would be scheduled. So... We would estimate that would happen in the three to four month range, and then we're just encouraging them to speed up that process to have them come in and get their surgery sooner rather than later.
1: Right. Most most veterinary practices these days will have a basic wellness protocol uh, for for puppies and for kittens. So if we focus on the kitten one, the the kitten protocol is going to generally start with a routine series of vaccinations and parasite control, internal and external parasite, on a periodic basis between six weeks and, say, 14 to 16 weeks of age. And then there's a gap. So you, you've seen this cat, this kitten, every two to three weeks uh, up until it's four months of age, and then you send him away. And kind of in the hopes that when they're six or seven or eight months of age, they'll bring the cat in for spay or neuter. So all we recommend or what we recommend is just add one more appointment to that routine schedule. If they're bringing them in every two weeks from six weeks to 16 weeks, add the add another two week appointment at 18 weeks to come in for spay and neuter. If they're doing it at every three weeks, which some practices do, from 6, 9, 12, 15, add another three-week appointment at 18, 18 weeks of age or four and a half months, bring them in for the spay-neuter. You, you maintain the continuity of that wellness protocol without a gap in care and without the opportunity, if you will, for the cats to get pregnant, the female cats to get pregnant during that gap.
0: That makes it makes sense. It it does make it uh, fit well in that initial sort of wellness package. If I am, you know, if I've gotten a kitten and I'm going to my local veterinarian and I've listened to this podcast, is there should I suggest that? Can I make an appointment for my cat to get done at five? I mean, how do we approach our veterinarians about this program?
1: Sometimes implementing simple things are extremely difficult because it takes a change in mindset. So the issue we're facing and the issue you'd be facing is your veterinarian might have been taught in veterinary school never spay-neuter prior to six months of age. I was taught that in veterinary school. But when I was in veterinary school back in the dark ages, the anesthetic agents we had were not safe for kittens or puppies. That's all changed. But if your veterinarian was taught that in veterinary school and then for years or decades has stuck with that, wait until they're six months of age, they have to be convinced that it's, it's acceptable and safe to back that off to four or four and a half months of age. And the poor veterinary profession, we've confused them in the last several months or last several years because there's been some articles in the literature uh, related to orthopedic conditions in golden retrievers and Labradors and German Shepherds and some cancer conditions in in those larger breed dogs uh, that have raised questions about earlier age spay-neuter in dogs. But cats are not dogs, and and you can't take data from dogs and think that it applies to cats. There is no evidence whatsoever of increases in orthopedic conditions with early age spay-neuter in cats, there's no evidence whatsoever other than a reduction in the the possibility for mammary neoplasia if you spay them the only really impact on in cats on cancer is you reduce the the potential for mammary neoplasia by spaying them before their first heat so the veterinary profession has gotten confused by trying to extrapolate data from large breed dogs and assume that it would be the same in cats. And it's hard, it's hard to prove a negative. And, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to prove to people that there is no harm. By There's all sorts of benefits, population benefits and mammary neoplasia benefits, by moving the date to four to five months, but it's hard to come up with hard evidence that says there is no harm. That's the challenge you would have talking to your personal veterinarian. That's the challenge we have with this Feline Fixed by Five program, trying to convince a profession. Now, interestingly and gladly, the American Veterinary Medical Association, the American Animal Hospital Association, the Uh, American Association of Feline Practitioners, uh, the Association of Shelter Veterinarians, ASPCA, PetSmart Charities, on and on and on. Professional organizations and and animal welfare organizations have all endorsed this concept of spay-neuter before five months of age in cats. And so that helps. But not everybody reads the AVMA journal. Not everybody reads the AHA journal. Uh, We've been, Feline Fixed by Five has been doing some surveys, uh, and we've only had a few out in a few states where we're asking veterinarians, are you aware of the endorsements of this concept? And the majority of veterinarians that respond to these surveys were not even aware that AVMA had endorsed the concept. So it's going to take some time. The analogy I use is, you know, how do you eat an elephant? Well, one bite at a time. How do you change your profession? Kind of one person at a time or one small group at a time. So it's just a matter of continuing to educate and, and continuing to get things in the literature, continuing to speak at local and regional and national conferences on the concept, slowly people will start to realize a cat is not a German Shepherd. And not only is there no harm of spay-neuter at four months of age, there's Numerous benefits.
0: So, from our standpoint, it, it does no harm to mention feline fix by five with our veterinarians. The more people that can bring it up to them, the better, because customers customers do you know have the, have the ear of the veterinarian in the practice. So, the more of us that can bring it up to them, the better. I know from years working with shelters and and private practice veterinarians working with shelters, we had to work hard to convince them to do pediatric spaying and neutering.
1: Been there, done that.
0: (laughs) And, And, but what I did a lot of times is I would say, well, you know, Sally down the street is doing it, so why aren't you? And so if there are even shelters out there who work with a group of private practice veterinarians, if you get one to sign on board to Feline Fixed by Five, you can use peer pressure to get the others to join in because a lot of veterinarians feel
1: that way. And if you Google Feline Fixed by Five, and, and go to their website, you'll find that there's a registry on that website where veterinarians can list their practice as a practice willing to spay neuter cats prior to five months of age. So that will be a great tool for that individual who says, who wants to say, well, Sally down the street does it. You know, If you go to the website and, and discover that there are there is a veterinarian in your community that community that is has signed into that this concept but none of the others are what a great tool to use saying you know Dr so and so does it
0: mhm I think that's I think that's great and and folks should check out feline fixed by 5 and um, I think it's a, it's a fantastic program. Before we close out, Dr. Bushby, I wanted to just ask you sort of a visionary question. You know, we, we've all been so focused on spaying and neutering and, and handling our overpopulation problems. And can you imagine a world where we have the solution? We, we have solved the problem. What does the world look like for our cats, you know, in the country? when we have all of this overpopulation situation solved?
1: The more you have of something, the less you value it. The less you have of something, the more you value it. So the visionary, the ideal, the idealist in me, visionary, envisions a world where animal abuse and animal neglect virtually disappears, right? because you get rid of the attitude of well, it's just a cat. Uh, You get rid of the attitude of, well, I can just go to the Walmart parking lot and get another one. And people start to value, they should value it anyway, but unfortunately in our world today, some people don't. So the animal, the, the, the life of that individual cat starts to take on much more value. To a broader uh, segment of the population. I mean, I live in I live in a world where in in the southeast where there's lots of feral cats, community cats. There's lots of stray dogs. Where dog fighting is almost an accepted norm. I mean, we all know it's against the law, but it seems to be everywhere. And I shudder because I know how these dogs are trained. So I just I just think if we if we solve this problem and there are fewer cats, fewer dogs, and that's going to mean they're more expensive, that's okay. The more you pay for it, probably the better you're going to take care of it and the more you'll value it.
0: Very interesting. That's very interesting. So folks are interested in finding out more about your work and also Feline Fixed by Five. How would they do that?
1: Well, Feline Fixed by Five website, and and I'm one of these. I don't even know what the website Uh, Address is Google Feline Fix by Five and Bam it takes you there. From the standpoint of finding uh, information about our work, we have a Facebook page, uh, uh, Humane Ethics and Animal Welfare at Mississippi State University, or people can contact me directly. Uh, It's my email address is my last name B U S H B Y at C V M as in College of Veterinary Medicine dot MS State as in Mississippi State.edu. So push me at cvm.msstate.edu, and I'd be happy to answer people's questions or uh, send them information about our program. And they definitely should go to the feline fixed by five website and learn about that program.
0: That's great. And is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today?
1: One of the things I try to get our students to recognize, you know, we're graduating every year. We graduate a new class of veterinarians and we've exposed them uh, heavily to spay neuter and to the issues shelters face. And I don't expect them all to go into spay neuter as a career. I don't expect them all to become shelter veterinarians. I don't expect them all even to assist or help their local shelters. It would be nice if they would, but I'm, I'm realistic. But what I expect of them, and, I, and, and I'd say this to everyone, if you're not actively involved in helping solve the pet overpopulation problem in, in the United States and other areas of the world, just don't get in the way of the people that are. Don't fight against the the high-volume, low-cost spay-neuter clinics. Don't fight against trap-neuter return programs for community cats. Individuals don't have to be actively working to solve the problem. They just can't be actively working against the people that are trying to solve the problem. That would be the message that I would like everyone, not just our veterinary graduates to have, but everyone to have
0: treat each other with respect. And we may not all work the same way, but but we all should want to have our animals treated humanely in this community.
1: Good.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. I did. Well, you put the words out there, and I just sort of adjusted them a little bit, and that it, it really is profound, and it's so true all across animal welfare. So I appreciate you saying that very much. And Dr. Bushby, I'm just so thrilled to have you with us today. I, I thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to to spend a, a half an hour with me and with our listeners. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show, and i and I do hope in the future you'd be willing to come back.
1: I certainly would, and i, I I've enjoyed doing it. I appreciate you uh, inviting me and giving me an opportunity to to let people know more about Feline Fixed by Five.
0: Thank you for listening to a Community Cats Podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats.